What's up, Disrupt Nation? So my name is Anthony Delgado, and this is another episode of the Disrupt Podcast. And today we have a really, really interesting guest. He is uh, the digital marketing uh, nerd, and he embraces the word nerd. And if you know anything about me and, and Disrupt and my work, I love embracing the word nerd, proving that nerds can be cool, we can be rock stars, we can be awesome. And um, this gentleman definitely is all of those things and much more. Uh, the legendary one and only Paul Getter. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. Oh, thank you very much, Anthony. It's my privilege. Thank you for that introduction. I really appreciate it. Definitely, man. So out of the many things that I envy you on, the amazing people you've worked with and, um, you know, your illustrious career, the one thing that really, um, caught my eye when we first crossed paths was your was your instagram username you were able to get the four letter poll at poll instagram username yes and yeah i mean it's it's like you are the poll now all the other polls are just like imitations right yeah yeah if you see any other instagrams out there that say like the official paul or something like that it's completely <laughs> imposters i am i am paul i am paul <laughs> super cool man so so tell us a little bit more about uh about your career in digital marketing you've been kind of behind the scenes with some of the world's most influential uh marketers so tell us a little bit more about your career and now what you're working on now yeah sure yeah so like, like you said i've been uh involved in internet marketing for almost 10 years and uh, for a long time i just kind of like you know worked with some really cool high profile clients, you know, from guys in the entrepreneur space, even Fortune 500 companies, and just kind of did my stuff behind the scenes and um, even did like white label agency stuff for different companies and some big companies we did work for. And um, it wasn't until, you know, the past few years that people started talking and um, clients started pulling me out and introducing me and I started speaking at events and, you know, just kind of unraveled from there that, hey, you know, this is a guy that's been working with a lot of people and um, a lot of guys in the internet space, you know, I've coached some of the um, bigger names in the industry. And so a lot of them have known about me, but I've always kind of been reserved and to myself about it. So what, I guess what was your aha moment, right? What was the moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to get out from behind the curtain and, uh, and I'm going to launch my, my coaching program and I'm going to launch my agency, like a, a lot more public facing, it seems like, like sure. what was that aha moment for you? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I came to the realization is for me to scale that I had to kind of build a brand and that's, you know, kind of the, um, the vision of the internet marketing nerds is it's it's a brand uh prior to that you know all of my clients worked with me specifically you know if you mm. ask them who they were working for they were working um they were working with paul getter uh but you know to scale a business you have to be able to have the freedom to uh put different team members on a task and assign them to certain clients and um so i had to kind of shift from just being paul getter to build a brand and uh, with that being said, a brand gives you the ability to connect with different people at different levels. And um, it, it gives you a lot more flexibility than just being some guy behind the scene. Um, now it's a, it's a brand and it's a, a company, um, an agency that people work with. Very cool. So you, you hit, the, hit the ground running, it seems, 
Um, I think we we first met maybe maybe a month or two ago, and just in that time, I think you've gained. Uh, I think you went from like six hundred to seven hundred thousand followers just since I've met you. <laughs> <laughs> so so you seem to be scaling really really quick. What what are some of the the secrets behind uh, all that success? Yeah, so you know when it comes to um, Instagram growth, social media growth, there's a lot of different methods that people use. I think one of the first things that you have to have is you have to have content and um, good content. But you know you can have the best content in the world, but if you don't have exposure to it, then it, it really doesn't you know, have the opportunity for growth. Um, so quite frankly, a lot of my Instagram growth, I've done various things. Um, you know, uh, for example, I've done shout outs, I've done partners with people, you know, different things like that. But we've really kind of tapped into um, methods by using Facebook, Instagram ads uh, to push the content out there you know, get the content in front of people and um, then acquire followers from that. So once, once you can understand the, um, the paid traffic side of it, you can pretty much kind of come to a conclusion, well, it only costs me, you know, X amount of money to grow followers. And if you see a return on it, a value in it, then you just kind of scale it up. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can't have one without the other, right? If you have really, really weak content and you, and you put a bunch of advertising behind it, that's not going to really work. And right. you know, if you have the best content content in the world, uh, but you're not doing advertising properly, um, that's not going to work either. So you've kind of find this niche where you're targeting the right folks using advertising, and then you're also boosting the right content. Um, so it's the right content for the audience and people are engaging. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can, you know, obviously with Facebook um, ads, you can target the audience, whether it's an entrepreneur space, inspiration, motivation, all these different audiences, and then you have content that reflects their interests. Uh, you know, if you've got a good Instagram pushing the right ads out there, it will definitely um, increase your followers. Definitely. Um so I think a lot of people uh, kind of know what you do. And, and if, if not, I think your career is kind of illustrious enough that, that they'll be able to, um, to figure out the, I guess, the external things of what you do, right? But uh, let's talk about who Paul is as, as like a human being, right? You've been growing your brand um, more publicly facing recently, but you've been, uh, you know, in business for the last 10 years and there's tons of like social media anxiety, right? So did you, were you ever faced with like maybe depression or social media anxiety or anything behind the scenes, like things that you haven't shared with other people? Yeah. So, you know, so, um, one of the things is when you grow a social following, um, when you run ads, when you do anything that puts you in front of a larger audience, it definitely opens you up for, um, a greater amount of criticism. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I'm a kind of a um, laid back, uh, relaxed, chill type person. And then when you're all of a sudden bombarded by people that um, hate you just because of, you know, the bow tie you wear, <laughs> the glasses you have, or, you know, uh, then you see these comments. And um, if, if you're not, uh, accustomed to that, it's very easy to take it uh, personal. So you learn to click on the block button pretty quick and learn to delete comments because it, it's definitely, it's easy to take things personal on that level. Definitely. Yeah. That actually reminds me recently I did a social media post and 
it's me in front of a broken down Bentley. And um, me and my friends, we were doing a photo shoot in the city. We were just running around. And I saw this broken down Bentley and they were giving it a jump start. And I was like, no, dude, we need to capture this. This is like perfect because I'm all like, I'm against like, the, let's take pictures in front of f- fancy cars thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, unless yeah. that's your car, like let's not go rent a car just to do that, right? But, right, right, yeah. Um, you know, I actually have a client of mine that he he wanted to do a photo shoot. And he was like, hey, can we rent a helicopter and i was like well do you take helicopters every day no you don't okay then let's not rent a helicopter you take (laughs) helicopters every day and that's part of your life that's how you get around dude i'm all for it but if not then like let's try to be authentic right yeah but uh but yeah so i i uh we see this broken down bentley we run up to it i'm like dude like they're literally fixing the car right so we're strangers not our car and i'm like dude just take a picture of me i was like wearing a suit and um so we got this really dope shot of me in front of the Bentley, like texting. And it looks like I'm like calling AAA <laughs> and uh, it's just so perfect. Right. So I did a post and actually like waited to like a month for the right time to put the post out. And I quoted Gary V and I was like, most people have their heads in the clouds and they're too scared to get their hands in the dirt, like something like that. Um, and then I, I went on a little rant in the comment section. I was just like, you know, um, people paint entrepreneurship like it's this beautiful thing. And it is because you're creating. But there's also like the trials and tribulations. And like in real life, your Bentley's going to break down. In real life, you know, your startup might not be able to make payroll one month. Or like, right. you know, there's real stuff that happens, you know. Um, yeah. And so I put this post out, right? And I got a freaking troll on LinkedIn and the dude was like, you're always taking pictures in front of fancy cars or I hate people like you that are, you know, who cares about your fancy car? And da-da-da. and I was like, no, I don't think you understood. Like, no, this is actually against those people. <laughs> and he was like, even like you can't do anything right. Like, so yeah. I can imagine like the guys that do take pictures in front of fancy cars all the time. It must be a brutal, right? You get these weird people that come out of the woodwork. Um and and then so i didn't take your advice i didn't instantly block him right i replied to him and i was like hey man like i'm sorry you feel that way he like called me a name i was like you know there's no need to call names and i'm sorry you feel that way i think you should reread the post because if if you actually read the comment section like that's not what it was about and and then he just started trolling me harder he like left a comment on every single person that left a comment i was just like okay all right gotta block this guy um for the block yeah (laughs) but um but so as you're, as you're growing and as you're, you know, I guess transitioning from a behind the scenes guy to an in front of the camera guy, what, what is that like for you? Like emotionally, besides like the trolls, like what about you internally? Do you ever feel like, um, like maybe you're putting on a facade, like, Oh, I have this, this bow tie on or like, I, I, I guess the, the right way to describe it is like having to always be on. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Um, I, I worked very closely with Gerard Adams and I, you know, we would go to lunch together and like, um, we, we ran a company together and I remember like seeing the look on his face sometimes when it was like, Hey, we're going to go to this thing. And if it was a public thing, you would see the exhaustion in his face because he's like, sure. Oh my God, I have to be on, you know, like yeah. my, my yeah. hair has to be nice and yeah. I have to wear the bow tie or wear whatever it is that makes me yeah. be this personality. Right. So how do you, how do you balance that? It's almost like work life balance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the, the funny thing when it comes to, um, you know, my, my brand is internet marketing nerds, the, uh, glasses and bow tie that is, <laughs> That's life for me. 
Um, uh. you know, any, any time I'm going out to anywhere important, it's on. When I go to church, it, that's, that's where it started. I started wearing <laughs> the bow tie at church. So, uh, you know, that's, that's easy. Um, what's, I guess what's weird sometimes is I'm going to conferences, speaking at events, and I've had the opportunity to speak at you know, some pretty large events. And uh, just because of, I guess, the, the level people perceive you at, uh, they automatically are kind of like enamored with who you are. They want to get their picture with you. And you're just kind of like, this is weird. You don't, you don't know me, you know, just because I gave a you know, 45 minute presentation on Instagram. Now you think I'm someone, you know, popular or special, but it's, it's not really that, but, but yeah, you, you have people, um, and I, and I think that there's, uh, sometimes there's, uh, individuals that want to connect with you just because they know you're connected to, you know, big name people and people of, um, yeah, cause you're wealth. one, you're yeah. one degree separation from whoever. Yeah. 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 So, so you're always kind of finding yourself sorting through relationships. Like, do these people want to be connected to me or do they want to be connected to the people I'm connected to? And, uh, so, so there's, there's challenges like that. And, and yeah, there's when, when you're at an event, there is a certain persona, uh, professionalism that you have to present at all times and people are always you know asking you questions and wanting kind of like a, a, a free consultation call anytime you're sitting around you know it's like I, I, I used I used to be one of these people that um, you know people would call me up hey man let's um, let's go out for dinner and let me pick your brain and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then I started thinking, you know what? People pay me to pick my brain. So, mm. you know, so you, granted, I'm, I'm, I'm always generous. want to help people as much as possible. But if, um, if, if you want to call me up, I don't know you and you want to just pick my brain, it's going to come with a price tag. So, uh, mm. so otherwise you find yourself, you're just, you're having people pay for information and then you're giving away information to the, to other people just because they want to pick your brain. And uh, so I always tell them, oh, you want to pick my brain? Here's the application for a consultation call. So, mm. you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are um, challenges that come with it when you, uh, I guess you achieve a certain level of success. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm finding that myself and I, I don't think I'm at your level quite yet. I'm like dragging right behind you, but like <laughs> I, I get overwhelmed and I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, like, like, uh, you know, like Gerard and, and, you know, people like yourself and, and all these other people, I, I have empathy because I get overwhelmed with the, you know, with the amount of stuff that I get, the amount of inquiries and, sure. hey, let's do a coffee, let's get on a 15 minute call, I have this idea and, and yeah. you know, so how do you, how do you filter out that, that stuff and kind of separate the high value conversations from maybe the lower value ones? Yeah, you know, so for me, one of the things since since I got started, I have always um, tried to find people that I believe in. I see they've got some potential, and you know they're very ambitious, and then just kind of pour into them. I don't I don't ask for anything in return. You know, I've helped a, a lot of startup companies just to to build relationship. I've I've worked with a lot of really cool people not been paid anything and just to help them out. So I think that you have to have some type of wisdom when it's like, okay, is this someone um, that uh, is just looking for an opportunity or is this someone that you could maybe sincerely help and they just don't have the means 
to uh, to get to the next level. So, you know, there, there's, there's some people, it, let me just say this. If you pull up in a Bentley and you want a free consultation call, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you, um, there's always people that want something for free, even though, um, they can pay for it. But I've learned, um, even in my own personal life, when it comes to, coaching or training or learning something if i put my money behind it i'm more likely to follow through you know mm-hmm. if, if if someone gives me a free program and and says hey you can um check this out i want to give it to you for free they might be selling it for five thousand dollars but if they give it to me for free it may sit on my computer and, and i might not watch one single video but if i pay five thousand dollars for it you better believe as soon as i receive it i'm going to start you know uh, because I've invested myself into it. So I think that there is some importance um, to making people invest in it because if they invest in it, they're more likely to follow through. Definitely. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it is, it is a slippery slope. You know, you have, you know, maybe even making them invest a smaller amount, right? Like, Hey, sure. I can't afford it. Okay. Here's a, yeah. here's a, a discount code or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So, so I would imagine that maybe life wasn't always so sunny, right? So, sure. tell us about maybe some sometimes the adversity, sometimes when you had some self doubt, yeah. and maybe how how you overcame those things. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people ask me, "How did you get into the entrepreneur space?" And I'm like, because I needed to make money, you know, that plain and simple. It was, I didn't even know I was an entrepreneur. I was just trying to get the bills paid. And, uh, you know, when you're put in a situation where it's like, okay, the lights are going to get turned off or you figure out how to make some money, you figure out how to make some money really quick. And um, so uh, there was, you know, a long period of time and just getting started that, It was working a a full-time job and then coming home at the evening time and working for, you know, six, seven hours trying to figure out things online. And, uh, you know, so there was a lot of long days where I was really not making um, much money at all. But I I remember when I initially started making a little bit of money and it was just like uh, simple things like, wow, I made a couple hundred dollars. That will, you know, that'll take care of (laughs) bills and mm-hmm. and then then the uh, a month later you're like wow I made you know five six hundred dollars wow I can take care of the car payment and then you're like next you're like well I can take the next month you're like well I can take care of the rent and then you just go from there and um but it's it's there's a, a lot of challenges and um you know how it is in the entrepreneur world you can have uh things going awesome and uh everything's looking good and then an algorithm change or, you know, policy change or something like that. And then you've got to learn to move really quick in things. Definitely. That actually reminds me of um, something that just happened to me recently. (laughs) Um, My, my personal Facebook advertising account just got banned for crypto, right? So there's, there's all this crypto stuff, right? And I'm not even really a big player in crypto, um, but we do cover it on our site. So I've interviewed some people that are influential in the space, right? Sure. Um, so now it doesn't matter what I try to post. All my ads right now are just blocked for, for cryptocurrency. And I know a right. lot of people really got a hit um, with that whole ban. Do you, do you have any experience with that? 
Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, I think if you've done any type of Facebook advertising at any level, you've, um, had that dreaded day where you log into the account and all the ads are stopped and you got that nice red banner at the top that says, you know, <laughs> account disabled for policy violations. And it's always just this mysterious policy violation. You're not, not really sure exactly what happened or how it happened, what you did, you know, like you, you, you can try to appeal it and, and beg and grovel and everything like that, but never get it back. So, uh, so it's, it, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely um, had the issue with um, Facebook ad accounts being shut down. We've done a lot of traffic with uh, Google AdSense. I've had Google AdSense. Now here's, here's the crazy thing with Google AdSense. And uh, if, if, someone's not aware of what Google AdSense is like when you go to, uh, we did these viral websites and they have all of these ads on there. And so the more traffic that we would push to these websites, the more money we would make through Google AdSense. Well, what would happen with Google AdSense is say, for example, you made $10,000 in January, you're paid the end of February for it. Like around the 20th or 25th, you receive your Google um, AdSense check for it. So we would be pushing traffic to these websites. I mean, a large amount of traffic, put, putting in a, a large amount of ad spend. And uh, all of a sudden, one of our accounts gets shut down. And how Google does it is they shut your account down like a few days before you're supposed to get a payout. Of course. So, and, and, and you don't, you don't get that money. It's gone. It's, it, it vanishes. You can't appeal it. It's just gone. Um, and they will say you've violated our, our policies. Your account has been shut down. And if you've got uh, $50,000 in there due to you, it's gone. Um, so we've been put in that position where we've had a, a Google AdSense account shut down. We've had six figures due to us and it gets shut down. So uh, talking about a huge punch in the stomach that's a that's a painful experience no yeah absolutely and especially when you when you know you have infrastructure costs you have costs yeah. that um that uh you have to pay whether it's you know web hosting or marketing and all sorts of things and you're kind of relying on that uh, money to keep your your business afloat right um i, I was a big adsense guy back in 2008 2009 yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely experienced the uh, <laughs> the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations. We we had a we had a hip hop site. It was called unreleasedhiphop.com. Okay. And you know, once in a while, we would put like the video vixens, right? It's nothing pornographic, but it's just uh -huh. you know the girl in the the bikini or the tight shorts or whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they flagged us for that. They said it wasn't family appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We, yeah, we, we, we did so many different accounts, different websites. Uh, you know, if you if you put the ad too close to the next button, um, uh. they, they would they would flag it because they felt like you were trying to, you know, get an invalid click. So, you know, it was, it was simple things like that. And when you're learning it, uh, it's just kind of like, man, it's trial by error and you learn what not to do. And unfortunately it costs you. Definitely. Definitely. So that's kind of a good segue into another thing I want to pick your brain about. Um, so Facebook 
and Google, which owns YouTube and Facebook, which owns Instagram and WhatsApp. It, it feels like it's this big monopoly, right? And uh, quite recently, there was Alex Jones, who is like a political conspiracy theorist. Really right. funny. For me, it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But um, and he was they, they call it deplatformed. He was simultaneously removed from Google, Facebook, YouTube, like everyone ripped down his account right, at yeah. once and silenced him. Yep. Um, so do, do you feel like it's like it's a problem, like we kind of have a, a monopoly on our hands? And, and what do you think uh, we should do like as a society about, about that? Yeah, so, you know, here's one thing that you have to take in consideration is all of these companies are uh, privately owned. I mean, it's, it's a... It's a uh, they have have their own opinions. They can, um, you know, have policies and, and things. Um, but I think you start going down a slippery slope when you start saying, "Well, I can silence this person," but um, you know, you, you just if you don't like them, you can silence them. Um, yeah, granted, I guess it's different than the New York Times saying, oh, we're not going to accept this article, right? Because the New York right. Times is curated by design. Right, uh, right. Facebook and YouTube, they're supposedly these open marketplaces. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, so it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's one of those things that um, the, the, I think there should be more options um, when it comes to social media platforms. There definitely should be more options uh, available. And in some regards, there are uh, other options they're just not don't have the exposure um, that these um, big companies do so uh, but you know when you work with these social media platforms they set the rules plain and simple they set the rules I've I've seen uh, policies change you know over 10 years of doing ads on Facebook you know, there are some things like, for example, cryptocurrency. When cryptocurrency first came out, we were all running ads in cryptocurrency. And then, you know, six months, a year into it, Facebook changes the game and says, no, nah, you know, we don't want you to do cryptocurrency. And, you know, we've seen changes in that. We've seen um, policies change based upon gender roles and um person, sexual identity, weight, you know, all of these different things that, uh, political, um, so all of these variables have a role in um, their policies. And so I guess for um, Facebook and Instagram and these social media platforms, they kind of have to, uh, I've talked to a Facebook rep and they said their end game is not uh, to make money. And, but their end game is to please the user, to keep the user happy. Of course, if they keep the user happy, they're going to make money. But if their goal is just to make money, then it may displease the user. So their, um, their priority is to um, have a platform that keeps the users happy. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, I think for, for the most part, that's what they've done. And that's why we have this open, um, pr pretty open platform. Um, but, but there is, I, I guess, political pressures and kind of, uh, super influential, uh, pressures that, that, uh, have them change their mind on certain things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, 
that that's actually a, an interesting segue into the true definition of influence, right? Um, sure. So, so Comey and uh, like a lot of these really big political figures, I, I forget who it was, Cuomo, that's what it was. Um, Anthony Cuomo, who's like this huge politician uh, from New York. I think they, they're like a dynasty family where, you know, the father was a politician and the son and, you know, the, the other son is on CNN. It's like this big dynasty family. Right. And I came across his Instagram account and he had 1,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, yeah. And he was verified and he had a blue check because it was the real, <laughs> <laughs> it was the right. real Kwame, right? But he only yeah. had like a very humble thousand followers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, another example could be someone like, you know, maybe uh, an executive at uh, Apple or an executive at Facebook, right? The same executive that says there's no cryptocurrency, right? And there are, there are these people of massive influence that are not influencers that don't have this um huge social media reach and and i argue with uh not argue but i I converse with a lot of my friends in the definition of influence right you'll have like a a booty girl who has a bazillion followers but it's like what is she influencing is she you know is if she told everyone to go vegan would they all go vegan because she said so um so what do you think the true definition of influence is and how can influencers that are out there maybe leverage their voice for, for good? Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that uh, we all have to come to the conclusion to is uh, social media is not reality. And <laughs> it's not, are that, you sure? Yeah. That, it's plain and simple. It, uh, it is um, uh, people's highlight reels. You know what I mean? Mm, These mm-hmm. are all the good, the good things. Very rarely do you see the people um, posting uh, their pictures when it's at the wrong angle, the lighting's bad <laughs> and you know, their hair's messed up. And uh, you know, every, every person that has a social media following, they want that right angle. They want the right look. And so it, but it's, it's not reality. You know, we, um, we don't have filters in reality that change us and make us look differently um, in reality. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think we've all probably seen that situation where we've um, connected with someone online and then you meet them in person. You're like, wow, this is just like, uh, you look different, you know, and you're trying <laughs> to be nice about it. Uh, but so it's, it's not reality. When it comes to influence, uh, defining what influences, in my opinion, is Paul. Uh, if if you have that, uh, because you know, I think that we we already established at the um, beginning of this conversation, you can buy followers. So through paid ads, you can acquire followers. So. Uh, the, the ability to have an influence on a person's life, to inspire them, encourage them, motivate them, change them, um, pour something into them that'll make a difference. I, I think that that has to be, uh, to be a real influencer, there has to be some type of passion behind that in making a difference in someone's life personally. And with that, an even loftier goal is to make a, a difference in this world. And that's what an influencer is to me. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so, so on the, on the back of that, 
Um, what, what are some of the things that you're uh, doing to make an influence in this world? Tell us more about the new program that you uh, just released and, and, um, sure. and how, that's, how that's shaping up. Yeah, so, it, you know, um, we, we've had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest names in the industry, uh, in the entrepreneur space and um, personal development. And in addition to that, I've, I've coached, I've mentored and um, done things like that. And, you know, once, once you get to a position where you're um, comfortable, uh, let, let me just say this, I know that there's a lot of guys that their business model is they make money through coaching, you know, that's, that's their business model. They, they coach and mm -hmm. they train. Sometimes these individuals have may, may not even necessarily done what they're coaching on. And <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a challenge to embrace what they're coaching on if they really don't have life experience and maybe they read some books or something, or they've connected with some friends that have done it. So it's, it's challenging to um, think of them as a, an expert or a coach uh, in that um, our model of our business is agency related. So we work with a lot of clients. We build out funnels, we run ads, we, uh, we, we do all of this and we've um, been behind the scenes of some of the most profitable uh, online platforms ever made. You know, we've built them, we've, We've drawn up people's webinars for them, you know, everything from top to bottom. Uh, so there's, there's uh, let me just say, good money being made um, in the agency. But I think there comes a point when you're like, when you see someone that you have helped, that you have mentored and coached, when they go from, you know, I think offhand of a guy that I've worked with, that he was um, making five, $600 a month. That's what he was living on five, $600 a month. I just talked to him yesterday and this year he'll make a million dollars. Yeah. To me, that is just, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. Of course we know it's not all about the money and um, that, but when you see someone that has been able to go from that level to that level uh, and it's made a difference in their life, it's made a difference in his family's life. Uh, that, that's, that's very rewarding. And that, that's something that gets me excited. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's not that it's, you know, it's all about the money. Like people try to vilify making money. Like you need the, the society that we live in, unless you just want to be an anarchist and live right. on an Island. I mean, I'm living <laughs> on an Island right now, but, uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, the society that we live in, it's based on money. It's, that's how you can create financial freedom yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. That's how you can provide for your family. That's how you can, you know, like right now we're building a school in Puerto Rico to teach kids digital skills. So we're teaching coding oh, and marketing and all of these things. We need money to do it, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like the money's not the, the, the root of all evil. It's what yeah. people, you know, do for money or if yeah, yeah. your only goal is, is financial, you know, that yeah. can sometimes yeah. be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with making money. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel the same way. I always tell people um, nothing wrong with having money as long as money doesn't have you. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, so we're working down here in Puerto Rico and, um, you know, teaching digital skills to the people here so that they can create financial freedom for themselves and their, and their families, right? Um, yeah. 
and and so that they can make money right like we believe that all people need to succeed is wi-fi and a dream like yeah. you have a connection to the internet you have a, a laptop there's no reason why you can't be you know earning earning a decent income you know yeah. uh, online no that, that is that is so true i've um in addition to internet marketing i've um, traveled to various countries on mission trips and stuff. And I see, uh, it, it is so true. If someone can learn a skill online and it can be something as simple as graphic design or making videos, I, I work with people, um, around the world and, you know, say through websites like Upwork and, um, where you can connect with people and hire them. Uh, I see guys that are living in third world countries, but they're making a couple thousand dollars a month. And to them, that's a, uh, a very comfortable lifestyle. So, so yeah, that, that is, that is an awesome thing to do to, uh, take the internet marketing and um, digital skills around the world because it, uh, you don't have to worry about the economy around you when you're working in a global economy. Yeah. And that's like, we've never even had that opportunity. Like it's so unprecedented. Even 20 years ago, you know, you couldn't start a sneaker store and say, okay, I'm going to sell to everyone in the world. Right. Right. Tomorrow. Right. You would have had to have tons of stores and even then. Right. And now you can go and you can go head to head with Foot Locker. You can go head to head with, uh, you know, anyone who, who is your competition. Um, I think there's a few, maybe a few examples like food and, um, and maybe like transportation and things where sure. you have to be a little more hyper local. Um, but for most things, like anything that you could ship uh, within 24 hours, uh, you know, there's, you know, you're really playing on a global field. Right. Yeah. 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 It, the, the internet has definitely brought us all closer together. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, even not even the third world, right. Or, or even within the United States, right. The kid that grew up, in you know a small town in ohio now he can compete with you know the people in new york and the people in la right right yeah yeah yeah. that's that's awesome and and another thing is the educational process has obviously changed and you know i've got uh two sons that are in college right now and they're going to school for computer programming and different things in in the digital field and uh my oldest son was joking with me. He's like, I don't know why I'm going to college because I can learn all of this online. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I try to be like one of those, well, yeah, you know, it's good relationships, good experience. But on the other hand, I'm one of these fathers that is rooting for my children to drop out of college <laughs> because I'm like, look, I can teach you, I can show you. And, uh, so, so yeah, I've seen guys, I, I, um, had a, uh, a young guy that I worked with, he was like 17, 18 years old, lived in Greece. And uh, during this time, the economy in Greece was just, I mean, they had a lock on bank accounts where you could only withdraw a certain amount of money each day from your wow. bank account. And I mean, it was just complete, um, you know, depression in um, Greece. And uh, he learned email marketing, digital marketing and everything. And uh, this, this young guy, he's in high school and I'm, I'm coaching him. I'm talking with him and, and everything, trying to show him things. And, you know, within a year or so he was making six figures and, wow. you know, in, in a, a country that 
was experiencing tremendous financial difficulty, I asked him, I said, man, I said, what do your friends think? You're in high school and you're making six figures a year. What do your friends think? He's like, Paul, I would never tell any of my friends um, this because, you know, they would all be at my house the next day. So, <laughs> so, so he's moved out of the country and he's actually, um, you know, again, I think he's probably about 20 now or so. Uh, but it, now he lives in a beautiful house is taking care of his family and stuff. And it all started through online marketing. Very cool. Um, so, so your coaching program, tell us a little bit more about it. So are you, how is, is that your ideal audience? Is it someone who, you know, they're young and they're trying to get started and they're trying to seed an agency and, or is this for someone kind of in the middle of their career? Like wh where do you see that, that market fit? Yeah, so, so I think that the um, level that we bring to our coaching is probably not necessarily for the uh, beginner, uh, just simply because there's a, um, a necessary investment that needs to be made. And a lot of times people that are just beginning can't afford to um, go into a high level coaching program. But when you are working with someone that is maybe they're at six, making six figures and they want to go to seven figures, that's probably the more idea client for us. Um, students that we are coaching, uh, they've got a funnel, they've got a platform, they've got a product and it's just the, the numbers aren't working. They can't figure out how to get their ads performing properly. You know, their opt-ins are low and, you know, registrations, it, it, all of these things, you know, they've got something that's working, but uh, they know that there's room for improvement. I've, I've talked with guys that are making high six figures and we start out the coaching and I'll ask them, I'm like, what's your opt-in rate on this? And they're clueless. They're like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know where, where do I find that out at? And so, you know, it's, it's things like that. I think like, wow, if you've done this well and you don't know your basic um, stats, then there's definitely opportunity for you to go to the next level. So, um, so I guess the, the, the idea of person that we connect with and that we're working with is someone that is, has achieved a, a level of success and they're really just wanting to take their business from six to seven figures or even seven figures to eight figures. Definitely. Yeah. So someone who, you know, they've been running and gunning and maybe they've, they've hit, uh, achieved a certain level of success and then hit a plateau and, and they're really trying to like take it up a notch and take it to the next level, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can give you an example. I was talking to a guy um, about our coaching program and just kind of, you know, because I legitimately want, I don't, I don't want to coach someone that I really don't think I can help. I mean, there, it's, yeah. there's no point. There's no point. There's some areas we might have clients come to us um, and we just look at it like, yeah, that's not our best fit. We, you know, um, we're not experts in that. Uh, mm. but I, I remember talking to one guy and I said, well, let me just look at your ads real quick. If you don't mind. And I'll give you an idea <laughs> if we help you out. And I looked at his ads and I said, Hey man, I tell you what, uh, I can redo your ads. If that's the only thing that I do for you, uh, it'll be worth the coaching. And, and I told him, I said, matter of fact, our first call, I'll, I'll do 
um, show you how your ads should be running and it'll cut your cost per conversions in half. If it doesn't do that, I'll refund your money. And um, so that day we jumped on the call and I, um, we set up his ads and within 24 hours, his ad cost was cut in half. Obviously his conversions doubled. Um, he texts me the next day in the morning and he said, man, I feel like I just drank a case of Red Bull because it's just a whole <laughs> new world now. You know, so, so when, you, when you can legitimately do something like that where you can help you know, double someone's conversions or you know, increase their show up rate to the webinars and um, you know, increase their bottom line, uh, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. That's awesome. Um, one question uh, that I have, uh, and this is kind of taking a step back to kind of the social media uh, monopolization we were talking about earlier. Sure. Mark Zuckerberg said that he wanted to run for president, or there were there were rumors about it. I don't think he announced it, but there were some rumors about it. Do you do you think that Mark Zuckerberg should be allowed to run for president? <laughs> Well, considering the fact as a digital marketer, you know that he can just run all the Facebook ads that he wants for, for free. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, I don't know. I guess we can say that you don't necessarily have to be a politician to be a president. Um, we've seen that true. We, recently. Yeah, we could, we could definitely <laughs> say that now. <laughs> uh, so, but man, I, I don't know. I think if anybody knows more about us, it's probably Mark, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I want Mark running the country, you know, let him stick to Facebook, please. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, I, yeah. You know, I feel like it's a little bit of an unfair, unfair advantage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, it's like all of a sudden, I think they probably change their policies when it comes to running political campaigns. If something like that were to come to pass, you know, hmm. uh, I'm afraid that we'd be exposed to build uh, um, Mark Zuckerberg banners all over the place. On <laughs> like, Man, I'm retargeted by that ad and just <laughs> everywhere. So. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see it now. The the nonstop swipe ups of Mark Zuckerberg's political <laughs> campaign. <laughs> oh man! Um, all right, cool. I think I think we're running a little low on time, but I have I have one more uh, question for you. Um, it's something that we ask all of our guests, and it's uh, what does disrupt mean to you? So disrupt, in my opinion, is to um, uh, I guess shake up the normal. Shake up the normal, um, uh, push people out of their comfort zone and uh, disrupt, you know, push them, move them forward or uh, put them on the right path. Uh, that, that to me would be disrupt. You know, if I, if I think um, I'm uh, doing something and all of a sudden something comes in and disrupts me, that's like, whoa, okay, you've got my attention at that moment. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, well, Paul, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Yeah, you con yeah totally. Um, if people want to connect with you uh, on social media, where, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, so like you said, they can hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Paul. So at Paul, just, you know, Instagram.com backslash Paul and you got me. Send me an inbox <laughs> and uh, we'll connect. You can also visit our website. Um, to know more about us, it's Paul Getter, 
paulgetter.com. That's paul, G-E-T-T-E-R.com. And uh, you can see some cool videos of testimonies, people we've worked with. Again, some of the biggest names in the industry um, we've worked with, and they've given us some pretty gleaming uh, testimonials. Very cool. Awesome. Paul, thank you so much again for being on the show, man. They All right. Really appreciate it.